Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I was just reading something about the Knicks, and obviously season doesn't resume until later this week, so we're not going to get into uh, into the Knicks now uh, any, in terms of anything in depth. But, you know, it's, it's an article about the the entire first half, you know, surprises, connected all the dots, disappointments, et cetera. And they, they wondered a lot, you know, if... And I kind of like this idea. If this continues with R.J. Barrett, who's been all over the map, he's been... Ugh. He's been a, he's been a mess. Can you envision a situation now? This would be Thibs really, really making Leon Rose look bad. Mm-hmm. But I can make the case that the Knicks are a better team with Josh Hart and Grimes playing most of the minutes, and Barrett getting almost benched. Yeah, I mean. They'll never do that. They shouldn't, but it. I think it would be best for the team, and it probably would be better for Barrett because he's not working well in this new rotation with Julius Randle being B. Because when Julius was the A, like the, the center, the focus, because he was the one that you know draws double teams and so he could kick it out theoretically to someone who have open shots. When Julius was the A, Barrett was your best like scoring option. And now that... Jalen Brunson is a baller the way he is, and he's a great ball handler. Julius Randle turns into a really good scoring option as a B, and it puts it puts R.J. Barrett into this third this third role. And we talked about this two weeks ago. What does he do in that role? Because he's not a spot up shooter. Right? You're not sitting him on the the wing and saying just stay there, right? And or or in the corner, even more more specifically, go stand in the corner. Remember, like they used to do Obi Toppin. Yeah, they would always put Obi Toppin in the corner. That's not R.J. Barrett's game, right? You, you got Jalen Brunson creating, you know, switching, getting switches on double teams, and you know these pick and rolls and all that stuff. And then hey, maybe let's kick it over to R.J. Barrett in the in the corner. He's not making that shot. So what does he do? Like where does he fit offensively? And so unless he's a great defender and turns into this transition-type player, I think him in the starting lineup, it, it's, it's non-congruent with how they play right now. And by the way, he usually thrives and flourishes with that second unit when he's able that's, to get up and down the court a little bit that's more. That's exactly run. right. That's exactly right. So he can put, finish. Let him be the primary scorer on that second unit. And yeah. it sucks because they paid him. Yeah, but. and I don't think they'll – I'm not even saying to even think about doing this out of the shoot, but if he continues to languish here – like, I don't mean when the season resumes, he's on the bench. I'm not saying yeah. that, but... Something's wrong, so he's something's got to change. 
Yeah, it's just been a really, really. It's I think it's his worst shooting season ever, uh, and he's had a couple of duds outside of really the one good year. Mm-hmm. He shot the ball very poorly from every part of the court. Uh, so something to ponder. I mean, I don't know. I mean, can you get away with a lineup of say a Brunson, Grimes, Hart, Randall, and eventually Mitchell Robinson to start? Maybe you can. I, I, I can see that. Maybe you can. Eight seven seven three three seven six 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 six. Mike is in Nutley. What's going on, Mike? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. What's up, dude? Hey, Mike. Uh, how are we doing today? Good. How you doing uh, today, buddy? Hey, okay? Uh, psychiatrist says I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> what ails you? What's your main What's your main problem? Maybe we can help you here. Well, I'm listening to uh, people talk about Daniel Jones and his contract. And the first thing that came to my mind was he went to the Aaron Judge School of Negotiating. Uh <laughs> Keeping it close to the vest. I don't think he's going anywhere, but uh, hopefully he stays with the Giants. And I'm, I'm just uh, thinking that you're not going to hear much out of him until the contract signs. No, I don't think you'll hear anything <clears throat> out of Aaron, about, out of Aaron Judge, out of Daniel Jones. I don't think he's going to tip his hand one way or another until this is all said and done. It's just not his personality, and it's why it's why you like him so much as a, a leader because he just goes and does what he does. It's not about you know, making it about him. In contrast to, say, an Aaron Rodgers, um, who it really kind of feels like it's always about him. Deservedly so, because he's in a two-time, no, actually four-time MVP, right? Two times in a row the last couple of years, um, not not counting last year. So, I mean, Aaron Judge is, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is such an interesting, compelling, Hall of Fame-level guy. But if you get Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of about Aaron Rodgers. I think Daniel Jones has the potential to be a really good quarterback and it not even be about him. And that's that's saying something. Because yeah. very rarely is do you find that kind of situation. Yeah. Jalen Hurts seems to be that kind of player as well. Jalen Hurts is the perfect example of a guy who is it's not about him. He'll even tell you. Yeah, yeah, he's me. a he's a he's a winner, man. It's, he's so impressive that yep, young man. Put my guys in position to make big plays. Yep. I'm just and then doing, give them the credit too. And then give him credit. Yeah. Not me. I don't I don't nah, need, he's different. I don't need it. He is different. He's special. He's been that way since I mean, hell, they got benched in college. No, I know. That for commercial of the Super Bowl was awesome. It was awesome. That was a good one, showing it, the path of guys getting by cut. The way, and... I feel like that – I don't think that was, like, him just saying the right thing. And that was the message. Jalen Hurts basically, you know, said, you know, when he got benched at Alabama, it, it, Tua was the guy. He knew he knew Tua would go be successful. And I think he actually meant it. Yeah, there are – despite our cynicism, mm-hmm. there are some – not many – incredibly special and selfless people in this world. Yep. Some are actually athletes. Mm-hmm. And some, not everybody's about, look at me, and I need every penny, and if I don't get the praise, then it's not worth my time. He is legitimately one of those guys, Jalen Hurts. You know, and the caller started things with the with the Aaron Judge, Daniel Jones comparison. And I know that everybody knows this. The difference, though, is a couple of differences here. Number one, the teams that could have, that were pursuing Judge, and obviously most notably was the San Francisco Giants, there was no comp involved. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, well, two first-round picks. and So that's number one, <clears throat> the, uh, the comp stuff. Number two, even if Jones is gone next year, and I don't think he will be, but if he is, opening day, op- uh, week one, the Giants have 
What's, what, what is MetLife? 70,000 seats? 76. The old one was 78. No, yeah. I, is it 76? Or maybe 72. I can't yeah, I think I know it's, it's, it's smaller than 70. the old Meadowlands. Yeah, it's a little bit over 70, but I don't think significantly. Let's just say 70 rounded up, right? So there will still be 70,000 true blue giant fans there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, the, if they had a 13-year veteran, which they won't, uh, like a stopgap, like, oh, we just need somebody because they already have Tyrod, so they wouldn't need that. But I'm just to, to prove a point, it, do, it almost doesn't matter who's on their center you're still going to the game. If Aaron Judge is off the Yankees, there, there's crickets in that stadium. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing else to really, really gravitate to outside of a Garrett Cole start yep. or maybe a Stanton, you know, 470 foot bomb. But you don't even know when that's coming. So it's a different level of evaluation. The worth and baseball versus basketball. The marquee attraction is just different in yeah. football. Yeah, it's just different because it's, it's it's the team. Always has been. Yeah. And the tailgate, the team, the day, and, the process. And it's a, and that really shows itself when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who I've been saying is making the Eagles likable uh, to an extent. Not really, but you know what I mean. He's likable, Jalen Hurts. But Daniel Jones is that same kind of player. He can go have a great game, and he's he's very selfless about it, right, it, which is awesome. And it's funny because you just we started this conversation because we were talking about the Jets and where the Jets are right now. And where Daniel Jones is. And Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million. It doesn't make sense for the Giants to overpay for a guy they can just franchise. Um, and the team's probably not ready to win a championship yet. But the Jets feel like they're closer, right? They, and they're they're like a quarterback away. It's why this Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr and whoever these other options are are, are, are such big talking points. And so you can make the argument, and I, and I have, that Daniel Jones is more valuable to the Jets than he is to the Giants. But... The likelihood of that happening is 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 small, but it's something that the Jets are absolutely going to have to think about if if Aaron Rodgers stays or goes to the, the Raiders or if Derek Carr goes to the Saints and Jimmy Garoppolo just becomes not an option Maybe for whatever Tampa, reason. Whatever, yep, yep. It, 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 they <clears throat> they have to really like honestly start thinking about. Do we overpay for Daniel Jones? Do you think they've already had that conversation? I think they had to have because it, it's they can't come out of this. Right, the next two. Uh, let's see, what's today? Today's the twenty. So a week. So the next two weeks. Right, the number. Yep, yeah, it's the twenty first. So we got another week of February and the first week of May. That or March. That's when it all starts. Right. Yeah. They can't come out of these next two weeks and 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 be stuck with. All right, we got Zach Wilson and uh, what other you know older non elite vet are we gonna go get? They can't start twenty twenty three that way. They they can't. So Daniel Jones has to be in their conversation at some point simply because he's available-ish as a free agent. What would you say, and I agree with you, by the way, what would you say if they started next season with White and Wilson? (sighs) I mean, I I, I really like Nathaniel Hackett, and mostly because of the input I get from my brother, right? I trust my brother on a lot of these things. I mean, one of the reasons that I have, I think, good access to teams and coaches and and you know general managers around the league especially when I call games for CBS is because my brother knows all of these people like intimately mm-hmm. face picked them up facetimes them like immediately right and so I trust Ronde's story on him and I think he can fix Zach but I think it's going to take some time mm-hmm the problem with Zach Wilson, because I got this yesterday from my buddy of mine, my neighbor, Joe. He wrote me, and he's like, oh, it's really interesting. They showed this uh, this this statistic comparing. It's just a small window percentage throw? 
No, where Zach was no, pretty no, no, high. It had, had nothing to do with okay. it. It was it was the it was this it was the stats of Josh Allen in his rookie season and Zach Wilson. They are remarkably identical. Fifty six percent to fifty five percent. The Josh is first. Thirty three hundred, thirty four hundred yards to thirty four hundred yards. 16, 17 pass TDs, 12 pass TDs, 19 interceptions for Josh Allen, 16 interceptions for Zach Wilson. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. But there was a plan in place for Josh Allen to improve. And he had a lot of rushing yards and he was very, he built confidence because he was a really good athlete and he used his, he used another part of his skill set to have success. The problem in New York, at least with the Jets, is that they didn't have a plan for Zach Wilson. And so Mike LaFleur was the absolute wrong guy. And so even though Josh was having some failures as a quarterback, his confidence was just sky high. Whereas Zach Wilson, you know, was kind of faking confidence. And eventually that broke him because he never had success, Mm -hmm. right? It's one thing to be confident, but when you just don't have any success, despite the fact you're winning, you have no success, your confidence just gets broken, and so you're faking confidence, you're faking cockiness, you're f- and, it, and it turns you into an unlikable figure. And so he asked me, he's like, well, what would you do? I was like, you know what I would do? If I was giving advice to Zach Wilson, I would say, don't let hubris get in the way of humility, right? He's like, don't be so prideful because you think you're the greatest thing in the world that you can't understand that you need help. And that, that, that was his problem. So can you fix that with the right mentor and coach? Veteran quarterback, you know, veteran uh, offensive coordinator, you know, quarterback whisperer, for lack of a better word, do we call it? Can that? Yes, that can be fixed, but it's going to take some time because he got. I mean, he he just got destroyed, Zach. I mean, they were. I mean, now they had to pick up the remnants of what dude, of team, what remained of, of Zach Wilson at the end of the season. His team was basically booing him. Yeah, it was rough. It, it was, was rough, it was man. Bad. So, it was bad. So basically you're saying you can't enter the season that way. If, if, you, if you, all else you failed. You can, but you better have a freaking plan, dude. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I mean, you, it's not like, hey, we'll figure this thing out. No, He'll no, be that's fine. expired. Let's just go throw him into the – Time he's to win. Get, he's got to get his fundamental – like all that stuff that we heard last year, that can't even be close. That's not a plan. That's a reaction. That's not even an option. That's a reaction. They were reacting last year. There was no plan, and it was clear. <sighs> I, I, I understand that Mike LaFleur landed softly because he went out to Los Angeles, but it was criminal what he did to Zach Wilson. I told you at the end of the year, I felt bad for Zach. I really did because he was completely unprepared and he was completely un, 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 I mean, he was handcuffed. Like there was nothing that he could have d- done to be successful. And I look at it in retrospect and it's like, why are we, we shouldn't be surprised that this happened. Yeah. It's depressing. It's not depressing. It's just no, it's depressing it's just, to me. It's just my quarterback bad management. It's just bad. Yeah, like you gotta have well, a that's plan what's for depressing these young about guys. It. How do you guys. not have a plan? That, I mean, I know it's in because the rearview mirror, but because you hired a young man, you, you hired a new a young head coach who doesn't know that you needed a plan. That's yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's just you, what you it probably comes just down nailed to. it. That's what it comes down go. to, right? We t- we talk about Brian Dable. You know, I, yes, when he went to Buffalo, I even I remember questioning this. Like, who, who the heck is Josh Allen? <laughs> Wyoming, he's garbage, man. You watch him play? He misses some of the easiest throws you'll ever see in your life. How is, let me go look at it. Who's the offensive coordinator? Brian Dable. How is Brian Dable going to, who the hell is Brian Dable? How's he fixing him? Brian Dable had been around for 20 years, right? And yeah. coached at multiple levels under Belichick, you know, under Saban. Like, he's done all these things. So when he got Josh Allen, 
he had a plan, and it was concrete, and he hired a, the right quarterback coach who was the antithesis of him, by the way. So it was like good guy, bad guy, right? So there Dorsey. Was Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, who was <laughs> a stickler for, like, the particulars and the details, whereas Dable is like, all right, you know, here's what we got to do. Let's, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coddling you through. And so it was the perfect combination. It was the perfect plan to help Zach or help Josh Allen become the player that he ultimately became. The Jets had no plan. And yes, I understand that their quarterback coach passed away un- un- unfortunately, but they didn't have a plan. And and it backfired on Zach completely. And so here we are going into his third season. We're not even talking about him being the starting quarterback. We're talking about who's going to replace him as the starting quarterback. That's just it's just it's just bad mm. management, dude. That's uh you run down that well, Teak. It's 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 a stark reminder of just a sobering reminder of how much the Jets messed it up. John's in Matatuck. What's going on, John? How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? What's up, John? How you feeling today, buddy? You good? Yeah, I'm good. good. I uh, I just want to let you guys know I think you have the best show on the radio. Thank you, um, I appreciate that, John. Or we do. Yeah, yeah, Tiki. I I uh, was raised a Jets fan and uh, taught to hate the Giants, but you brought me uh, <laughs> full circle. I I um I'm not rooting for them, but yeah. I think they're great. I appreciate that. Well, that's not really full circle because yeah. full circle would mean that yeah, now you're, you're rooting for the Giants. You're half circle. You're <laughs> you half circle. You just don't hate them anymore. <laughs> you, gotcha. still, you still wear green. You just don't hate the Giants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um. You know, I think if uh, Jones went to the Jets, he'd be horrible. You know, I just, the organizations are so much different. Woody Johnson, I think, is terrible. Mm. Um, well, he know, seems I, to be committing to trying to make it better. He really does. Like, the fact that he talked about, I'm going to spend money to upgrade quarterback, I don't think we've ever heard him, like, Woody's a little more hands-on. Like, I think you look, people look at Woody and they assume he's just kind of laying in the weeds in the background. He's not overly imposing physically. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. almost comes across as docile. He, maybe that's unfair to him, but that's the way he projects. He's not. He's had some, he's done some ruthless things here. Like, mm-hmm. Mangini banged out him, banged yeah. him out fast. That's quick. That I mean, quick. there were some things that, uh, that he did. He's a little more cutthroat than people think. I, I guess, I, I guess, I, you know, I wasn't a Trump fan, but I wish he was in there and Woody was back in London, to tell you the truth. They <laughs> wish Trump was running the Jets? <laughs> no, no, he wishes Trump was, oh, Trump Trump was still the president. So, so Woody, and Woody, so Woody would be Woody gone? Would go, go back to, to Ireland. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I'll tell you what. That's a good one. John, eventually, eventually, you know, the bad franchises, thanks for the call, buddy, don't, There, there's no magic elixir Mm -hmm. like you're not entitled to get it right just because you struggle for a long time like that is foolhardy well geez we've been down for so long ah we're due Uh, you can't hang your hat on we're due yeah you got to do it you have to do you can do it but what you have to be able to do is look around and and objectively analyze do the jets feel different than they felt the better part of this last decade? And my answer is yes. yes. They feel different. They look a little different. Now they need that last hurdle. Yes. The quarterback. quarterback. Daniel Jones. Uh. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hope you are doing well on this Tuesday. Uh, 877-337-6666, our number and we'll get back to you in a minute. But first up, time for a little tunage and then time for a little winage. That's right. The Daily Pick. Zoo is in the house. You're going to drop a dub for us here. And our pick brought to you by Superbook Sports. Better odds, favorable prices. By Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. And by Flag and Anthem. Real clothes for real life. Visit flagandanthem.com. Hit us with a win. All right, baby. Let's get it. So we're going to head out to me and Tiki's favorite place, and that is the fields of Anfield Road, where Liverpool will be taking on Real Madrid today in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Mm. It's a big one. This is what I would have done if I was picking one. Let's see if you agree with this pick, though. First leg of the draw, so that means they play another match after this. That typically means teams will sit back, play a little bit more defensively. I am going to be taking... The under two and a half goals in this game, which is currently valued at plus 112. Oh, that means you throw 100 bucks, you make 112. I like that chasing that plus money. Okay. You know, we do. We get that chicken, baby. So let's take it to the chicken. A little potato on the side as well. That's right. Oh, yeah. Nice. T, do you like that? Is that the way you would go? I love that. And I would parlay it with a Mo Salah anytime goal. And a Liverpool win. Yes. Uh, okay. Wow. So now we got a we got a tree a now, three a three parter here. <laughs> same game parlay. Exactly. Go do that one. The wow. challenge though okay. for those that are non fans, Real always beats Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They've met three times, four times in the Champions League. Real's won three of them. Yep, but it's been what, a long time since, since Liverpool's won. Madrid does love sitting back, though. That's the one thing I like knowing is that in the first legs they love sitting. And back. they're they're missing two in the midfield. Mm-hmm. You guys done geeking out about soccer yet, no. or uh, under two and a half? Anything maybe. else? Anything else? Under two and a half. We, so we, just, yeah, we just needed the pick. Under Let's two and get and this chicken. Out <laughs> of boy zoo. Did Hoff get his right last night? What'd he do? Did Hoff get it right? I kind of forgot what he. Let's <laughs> check out the uh, old account. Yeah, yeah. let's check it out. The Jose. He got it so, right. San Jose. He said against San Jose. Yes. And did he get it right or wrong, Dove? I, I didn't see that. <laughs> Good job, Dove. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for contributing, Dove. As we looked that up, Mike is in Clifton Park. What's going on, Mike? How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, Mike? Hey, so I have a football question for uh, uh, Tiki about uh, Daniel Jones and uh, and a Yankee question if we have time. Yep, go ahead, um, And I, And I, I am a uh, Mets fan. So, uh, Tiki, do you think it's important for Daniel Jones um, 
that uh, Saquon Barkley is able to sign with yes. with the Giants for the next three years? Yeah. Or do you think Jones will just want to get get as much money as he can get? regardless of that. That's a good question about the money side of it, but I do think it behooves him to have Saquon here. We talked about this a bit earlier because Saquon has uh, what basketball, in basketball will be termed gravity. Like people look at him and they want to go towards him. So when they run these zone reads and they, they you want to draw defenders' eyes away from the quarterback, Saquon helps you do that. And it sounds simple and like rudimentary, but it's true. And it's one of the reasons Daniel Jones had 700 yards rushing this year because they just he just pull it and run, and there's nobody, literally nobody over there. So I think yes, but I don't know relative to the money. That's the only challenging side of that. Right. And then, and then uh, B, BT, I'm a Mets fan, but I have a Yankee question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, do you think, um, even though the Yankees haven't won the World Series or, or gotten there in the last decade or so, that even though the Yankees aren't winning, that Hank has been winning, which he's been making a ton of money in the last decade. Mm. Hence, he's not really motivated to do more because he's making so much money and he's pocketing it. And, you know, then then it's like he uses the luxury tax as just kind of like an excuse not to spend more, not, not to do more. And someone like uh, Cohen gets punished for kind of stepping out of line for spending more money and it's almost like a punishment it's almost like the owners have a built-in uh excuse with the luxury tax to say no it's the luxury tax and then if an owner steps steps out of line well you don't play in the sandbox so we're going to penalize well in a lot of ways it's like a pseudo salary cap is what it is it's deterrent to just spend x amount of money which you know and up until cohen uh very few people would be so because they would view it as cavalier, but I don't think Cohen does because he's got $16 billion next to his name. Listen, I think what's happened, Mike, thanks for the call, buddy. And I said this a while ago, and I think any other, any anything other than this kind of take on the Yankees, I, I think is inaccurate. There's a lot of things that we could disagree with, you know, subjectively in terms of, you know, what play, would you take trade Torres and what was mm-hmm. judges, what was he really worth contractually? Should Boone be brought back, Cashman? I find it's very hard to refute this statement that I made a few times on the air. Yes, the Yankees want to still win. No, the Yankees are not long are no longer obsessed with winning. And there's a big difference mm-hmm. there. Yeah, they want to win. Of course, they don't want to wake up and lose. They want to win. And they're doing most of the things required to put themselves in a position to win. But the obsession part, they would have done something else last year. They would have done something else this year. And there's been a lot of big players that have come off the board. Now, they might get rewarded with their patience or reluctance to spend. If Volpe comes out and cranks 23 bombs as a rookie Mm -hmm. and he fits in right away or whatever, that's different. Then there's full justification there. But if these these prospects don't materialize immediately, they're going to have to answer for letting a lot of power-hitting middle infielders go to different teams. Yeah, I mean, and that's the question that they're going to have with Peraza and Volpe. You know, because when you when you when you look at it, Volpe is the one everybody talks about, right? And and kind of once, but Peraza is the one that's he showed it last week, last year. Like he can play short. Now you're not worried about him playing short. I think he slashed pretty well as as also. As, I think for how many games he was up for, but like thirty six sound yeah, right? I think like, it was thirty six. But you you didn't you weren't scared to have him be an everyday starter after his little you know short stint last season. No, for sure, for sure. So I mean. 
That's that's what they need to happen. And if but he's not the bat. He's not the bat that that Volpe is. So there there's the conundrum. Now in theory, you don't need it because of Judge and Rizzo and hopefully Stanton stays healthy and you know maybe someone else finds you, know, you find power somewhere else. But and Bader's gonna probably hit some bombs. Bader, sure. yeah. If that was a preview of what we saw in the postseason, um, what he's gonna be this year, mm-hmm. maybe. So so you're not worried about it necessarily. But there's decisions that have to be made with some of these young kids that are that are supposed to be coming up. I'll tell you, I would have been okay with it. Now, this would have probably been a little bit too reckless for some. Too many unknowns. Mm-hmm. And unknowns are very rarely part of the Yankee universe, all right? Which leads to some different problems. But they really don't go with the unknown often, uh, let alone one. Forget about two. I would have been okay if they would have traded Gleyber Torres this offseason and they they had those three guys fighting for the middle infield position. And really, then, and then the loser and goes like, man, but, but I would have had Volpe play second. I think Volpe's a second. That's baseman. what I mean. The loser goes to second, but in that, in theory, he's yep. not really losing. He's just kind of playing where he probably if projects he, if, more to as yeah, major league, especially if you're doing an apples to apples comparison between Peraza at short, Volpe at short, Peraza anywhere else, and Volpe at second. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of footage. I've seen a little bit of footage last year. He was in, in the in the uh, major league camp with Volpe. I remember in a game, I saw it on TV. He made a really nice throw. Um, but it was more quick release than pure rocket from the shortstop hole. I, I you know, I, I've got to see a lot more to see where his instincts are and just, you know, how he reacts laterally and all the things you need to do to play the middle of the infield at this level. But I think that I'm fairly comfortable saying no matter how well Volpe hits, he'll never be the shortstop that Peraza is with the leather. I think Peraza just looks different. Yeah. He looks he looks like a blur. He's more quick twitch. Uh, I know Volpe's 60-yard dash is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just look at – I just see Volpe putting on really good functional weight uh, that is probably more in line with second or third down the road than shortstop. Yeah. But we'll see. And Peraza didn't have a ton of power, but he had 306. He did. How many games was it? 18 games, 57 played appearances, 306, 404, 429, so 832 OPS. Yeah, I was a little – and the numbers are the numbers. I remember the – I don't know specifically, but I I do remember vaguely the numbers were a little top-heavy. Like there Mm -hmm. was – I think it was initially good, and then there was a pretty extended run where it was a little quiet, and then he finished strong, like – or or invert that. But there was a while where he wasn't doing a ton with the bat – but he made up for it with a little surge, um, so it kind of ticked the average yeah, up. Was, but I, I, I yeah, thought he gave slow. you professional at bats. No, he was slow early. Slow early. Then the back end, you know, in the Boston, he played Boston, Toronto, Baltimore, and then the Texas series. Right. He had a he had you know half of his hits in the back end of his in a, of of the season. Okay. Yeah, eleven hits. That's eleven of his fifteen hits came in the last eight games. There you go. So I was just listening to something from Buck Showalter during the break and. You know, these are some of the unintended consequences, but things that we'll have to deal with and players, more specifically, will have to adapt to. Uh, Buck was just talking about how he thinks that there's some players, when they're summoned from the bullpen, will come out in a golf cart <laughs> to save 15, 20, 30 seconds because of the pitch clock and the time that you actually have to warm up. Hmm. What do you mean? So, like, you bring the golf cart because it gives you more time? Yeah, it's faster. That's interesting. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, though, if you remember the old days with Dave Rigetti coming in the pinstripe, uh, the Nissan, whatever it was. Toyota I used to, Corolla. Toyota, there you go. Good call, though. I used to love, they used to drive the guys to the pen. Um, well, not, I mean, not not on the grass, but yeah. like to the, on, on the, on the foul line in a car. 
When was the last time they did that? If I had to guess, Sparky it was mid, mid-80s? No. No, because they did it with Rigetti. They had it in the movie the, Major the League, too. In the movie Major yes, League, they he did. takes the car over to uh, Rene uh, Russo's yeah, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, 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 that's right. My man Jake Taylor. Oh, Jake, Jake, you know, Jake. <laughs> Jake had to uh, go meet his girl. I think that for whatever reason, I I don't recollect a Mets car as much as I recollect a Mets golf cart. Dole, does that sound right? The, the Mets had one with a Mr. Met hat on Yeah, top. but it was a golf cart, right? It wasn't Closer a car. To a golf cart, correct. Yeah, I thought so. And the Yankees had this, it was pimp, man. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I don't know, something that I could see like NWA blasting in back <laughs> in the day. Only thing it didn't have was the hydraulic system. Pinstripe, nice lean white car, Yankee logo. Bring it back. I love that. All right, Mark is in Oceanside. What's going on, Mark? How are you today? a golf cart instead of the car because the Wilpons didn't want to pay all that gas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I gotta save the gas bill. <laughs> okay. For point one. I'm so happy Joe Klecko made uh, the Hall of Fame. There's one other New York player. I'm not going to mention names. He's a running back. Initials TB. <laughs> should, should be the next one. One of these days. Hopefully. And I'm a Jet fan, so I'm not biased. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. So you all want right. Terry Bradway in the, as the uh, as an executive <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame, right? Terry Bradshaw never played for us. Terry Bradway. Yeah. Oh, Terry Bradway. Ah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have to uh, uh, argue with you guys about something. Go ahead. You keep saying, for every reason other than Zach Wilson himself, it's the coaching, it's the this, it's LaFleur, mm-hmm. it's Salah, it's the offensive line. It's never about Zach Wilson. Mark, it could be about Zach Wilson. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And if he's so great or he's so wonderful or he's so talented, why aren't teams looking at him and saying, you know, the Jets failed him. We can pick him up. Right, well, first, first of all, Mark, you, Mark yeah. to be fair, and neither do I, you have no idea what other teams are thinking right now, number one. Mm-hmm. So they might be plotting something. If the if the Jets get Rodgers' car, they might already have their plan in motion to approach the Jets to acquire Wilson to rehab him, number one. Number two, the Niners almost moved up. They wanted to actually draft him second. That's a pretty smart organization. Listen, he has to bear the brunt of the failures but there are circumstances. It's not always defined black and white. There's a shade of gray with Zach Wilson. He's failed himself. The team's failed him. He's been immature, but he's got a lot of talent. I don't know that there's a definitive right answer right now. We're just trying to be fair. Yeah. I just haven't seen – I watch every jacket. He has not improved one eyelash from the moment he stepped out on the field yeah. in his first game as a rookie till the end of last year. I can't dispute that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you okay. can even say he may, he might have regressed a little bit. I can't okay. dispute that. Yeah. Is the fans hate him. Not I don't hate him. I don't hate him personally, but yeah. most fans well, they, I don't. they they want to boo him. Like they're, they're not they're not rooting right now. They root against him. Yes. I'm not. That's you. Okay, but I'm, but I'm a fan. Both. I have a lot of Jet fan friends. Yeah. And I was they, at that game. All, I was at that Detroit game. It just kind of felt like God, it was just nobody was cheering him. And he, they, he did some good things in the game, too. It was kind of, like, tepid. And then they just wanted the boost so badly. They, they're disgusted with him. And his teammates, his own teammates, have T-shirts printed up. Well, first of all, this is where you got to – now, Mark, I'm happy you bring that up. Thanks for the call. If it seems like we're making excuses for Zach, and we're certainly not, but if, if that's your interpretation of what we're saying, I, I guess you hear what you want to hear. But the reason that's important with the Mike White t-shirts, and I pointed this out a long time ago, Mm -hmm. that was a failure by the head coach. 
That is a young, impressionable, precocious, fragile, at various points, broken young man that you drafted second overall, and you're going to allow 10 veterans to get on a plane with a picture of the backup quarterback on their t- on their mm-hmm. chest? It was such a disservice to Zach Wilson. Zach didn't help himself. I give you that. Against the Patriots, that pitiful, pathetic performance didn't take ownership, passed the buck, unacceptable. We crushed him for it. But Robert Sala was complicit with a lot of the things that went wrong with Zach Wilson this yeah, year. No, you're right. He he tried to manage it. He tried to manage it aggressively. He tried to be forward and like explain everything to us and tell us what was about to happen and why it was going to be the right move for, for Zach. And it just never... It, either he couldn't fulfill it, meaning Zach couldn't fulfill it, or once the team started losing, he fell into desperation mode and kind of had to bring him back to say, all right, we might as well give him some time to play. You know, Mike White has got rib injuries. Let's just throw Zach in there. And it just it just compounded everything because you almost felt like maybe this, this, this Jet fan base is going to give you, you know, the benefit of the doubt in real time because of the circumstance. Right, Joe Flacco's not, you know, he's not the guy. Mike White's hurt. Let Zach Zach can do this for us. And then it went horribly wrong. And so then we kind of just lost faith in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, our faith has been rattled, there's no doubt. And he's done very little to mm-hmm. justify abandoning those fears. If anything, it's, it's amplified it. I, I'm just, you know, and, you know, very well, he might be traded this offseason if they get somebody other than Aaron Rodgers and it's a long-term thing like Carr. I don't see why you'd keep Zach Wilson around with Derek Carr, so he might be an ex-Jet. I'm just not in the business. I know it's it's easy to do. I'm not in the business of burying a kid mm-hmm. two years into his career with a lot of malfunctions and, uh, uh, and, and, and slop around him and dysfunction. There's certainly year one. Yeah. I, I don't think that's only, fair. The only challenge is. Because we would have done, we did that with David, with David Jones, with um, with Daniel Jones too. Yeah. The and only, look, we were all wrong. But the only challenge with Zach and the Jets is that there's a lot of talent. There's a lot around him. Like There's a lot of talent around him. Things that you can look at and say, all right, you should be better here. And he's just, he's just has I meant been. more of the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they have talent. They definitely have talent this year. First year, they did not. No. They they brought no. in. I mean, they, they Corey Davis they brought in, and he was he was hurt. He was hurt. Well, he had the big touchdown against Tennessee when he rolled out to his yeah. right, and he fired at fifty yards as a rookie. Barrios was, you know, he did some interesting things. Yeah, but yeah, he kind of faded. But. No tight ends. They picked up both of those guys mm-hmm. in the offseason for year two. I mean, it's yeah. There's there's nothing to hang your hat on with him. He's he's been terrible so far. I admit it. Kenny's in Brooklyn. Kenny, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's up? What's up, fellas? Hey, Ken. Good, Ken. Um, real quick, let me speak my piece. Go ahead about Daniel. All right, we, we, we go 6-1 and one to start the season, which is great, and then we wind up having to squeak into the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah. We face Minnesota, and we, and we beat them, but Minnesota, by, the time, by, by that time of the season, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, so it wasn't really that impressive. We get to the second round and get dog-walked by the Eagles. Yeah, a lot all of right. teams did, though. Uh, all right, all right, so check it out. He's asking for $45 million, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what happened to the days where our leader, our quarterback, Said, you know what? I'm gonna take the most team-friendly deal I can, so we can put pieces around me and we can and we can succeed. Yeah, but there's you not know? very many teams that do players that do that. Tom Brady did that. I'm trying to think That's who. El- I'm trying to think who else did it. Right? Is Patrick there a- Mahomes did it? Y- yeah, but not. You're right. I should disagree with you, but I but you're right because Pat Mahomes' deal doesn't become stupid expensive until next season. 
So he basically had a great deal for the team for the last four, three, three years or so. So, so you're right. But I mean, Daniel Jones is, he has a new agent who's looking to not reset the market, but at least stay current with the market. He's not going to get 52 million because Aaron Rodgers got 50 um, or Russell Wilson got 50. He's not going to get that much, but he wants to stay current with the market. He wants to be at the $40 million range, I believe. And it's not ridiculous. I mean, I don't even mind the money, to be honest with you, because of because of where the cap is ultimately headed. And appreciate your call there, Kenny. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about it. I know a lot of people are getting caught up looking at the salary cap and looking at the, you know, what, what, with that specific number, which is a headline to intentionally catch your attention, is telling you it's not going to be the dis- determining factor. It's going to be how they structure a deal with Daniel Jones, whether it be four years, three, four years, whatever it is. That's what matters more than Daniel Jones wants $45 million a year. Uh, that's the headline grabber. That, that's not necessarily the yeah, story, it though. It's really to the not. story. Yep. Oh, that's why they do it. Yeah, of course it <laughs> is. They want to get clicks. They're the business of clicks. All right, I've got a little intel. Dove, you were close. You said Toyota Corolla, right? Uh, the first, the first version of the Yankee bullpen car was a Datsun. Hmm. Dot, remember that? Thing? Yeah. And then they moved to a Toyota Celica in 1977. Uh, the bullpen car, let's see, brought relief pitchers into the game from the bullpen to the mound during a pitching change. Bullpen cars were used in Major League Baseball from 1950 through 1995. And they returned to use in 2018. The Brewers, the last team to do it. And they've been used in uh, Japanese baseball since the 80s. I mean, how lazy are you, though? Like, who thought I can't run 100 yards to the pitcher's mound? I guess it's sponsorship, actually. It's probably pretty innovative. Correct. That's really all it was, actually. And now they want to save. There's a pitch clock. They want to. It's not just between pitches. Pitching change is a certain amount of time. Well, that's what I was saying. And that's what Buck was talking about, where... You go to the bullpen, but how many? All right, so I mean, Mariana would jog, Diaz walks. I guess you could save. What do you say, thirty seconds, forty max? But if it's a two minutes total, it's a lot of time. I guess. But haven't you been warming up in the bullpen anyways? Yeah, but you get eight when you get to the mound. You know, you want to you want to feel the mound. Every mound's different. I know that that sounds crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah, every, I know. every mound's a little no, different. Right. Different landing spot. Little you know, a little slope here and there. Now, I wonder you know? whether they'll have a signal. For the pitchers that are coming in before he actually signals to the bullpen, so he mm-hmm. has more time. They're going to hire guys from the airport, and they're going to have those big red flashers. You know, hey, let's land the plane here. All right. Come on in, Edwin. You're up. <laughs> I do suspect catchers will hold on to the ball longer because the clock doesn't start till it gets back to the pitcher. Uh, there's going to be some gamesmanship. Uh, there's no doubt people will try to circumvent, you know, a second here, a second there. They'll mess around. But as I told Teak the other day, you know, baseball needs to be – incredibly vigilant from day one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little painful. April, certainly March in, in the spring, uh, grapefruit and cactus, going to be a little confusing. You know, you start to get to May, everybody will be in a routine. By June, it'll be second fiddle. Yeah. But if you're not consistent with how you police it, guys are going to get you, mad. You can't let pitchers think that they can get away with it because there's a wink, wink, and a nod. Like, I, I, I'm coming. I'm, I, I, I'm throwing. Just wait. Yeah. Right? You, they can't have that. No, I It's got to be vigilant. Otherwise, yeah. the thing's going to get out. It's going to get Wild Westy. Teak, last one of the day. Danny's in Rockaway on the fan with Teak and Tierney. Go ahead, Danny. You got about 30. What's up, bud? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey. What's up? Not much. So just to pick up off of uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, I, I, 
I know a lot of Giants fans are bent out of shape. He wants $45 million, et cetera. <clears throat> I think what we need to remember is that we didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah. So, like, I would do the same thing if I were him. And, you know, it's like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to get what I need to get. Um, so they're not going to let him go. I think I'm, I'm sure they'll tag him. Um, the question is, where, where does that leave us with love? And Barkley, because one of those guys are probably going to walk. Uh, realistically, I don't think we can retain both unless Leonard Williams either restructures or we cut him. Oh, he's um, going to have to restructure. Yeah, because they, yeah. he's going to have to. They, they want to play. They want to pay Dexter Lawrence, who's on his, who's going to be on his fifth year option well, yeah, as well. But we'll uh, have that, more cap space when we have to resign him. Yeah, I think, yeah. Right? We're, we got the dead hit with Bradbury right now. That's right. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, it, it's a real tough situation. It, really it, is. it is. It's just a lot of decisions. Appreciate you called in. It's just a Thanks, lot buddy. of decisions the Giants have to make. But as I started the show with, the Giants want to and should keep Daniel Jones. He's he's the guy. And in another year in Brian Dable's system and Mike Kafka is the coordinator, I think he's going to be great. But if you look at the Jets, and the Jets are an interesting spot right now because they could be left at the altar with nobody and going back with Zach Wilson. Daniel Jones might be more valuable in Florida Park than he is over there. They're the not going to be left with nobody. Stop. I'm just telling you, it could happen. How about this quote? Okay. You're crazy to think a bounce back is not there offensively. End quote. Who's the subject? Josh Donaldson. Who is delivering the words? Aaron Boone. Boy, they're going to shove these guys down our throat, huh? They're going to shove them down our throat. We get it. He's still on the team. We know. Have an awesome rest of the day. Cartner Roberts coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 in the morning sharp. Bye-bye, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.